You know, we're a small family-owned winery. Uh, We produce about 2,500 cases a year. My background is in software engineering, so I worked in Silicon Valley. And that seems to be a trend. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) The first time we came to Cooter Ridge and some friends of ours brought us out there and I tasted the wine, I went, "This, this is what I've been looking for. So we joined your club that day, of course. So we're trying to produce wines that have more of that earthiness um, characteristics, um, less fruit, um, and just you know well-balanced wines. So we like to call it a, a hobby gone wild. <laughs> it's a great, great community, and we're all kind of in it together, and you know um, we're all trying to help each other out. And as the wines uh, quality improves, and the number of wineries. Uh, increase in Livermore, that's just going to bring more people to the area. Welcome to Wine Wednesday. I'm your host, Len LaFrisco. My co-host is Sneha Narang. With this program, we're hoping to introduce you to some wine culture of our region through the eyes of wine lovers, but certainly not connoisseurs. We'd like to introduce you to not only wineries, but hopefully some of the region's best restaurants, breweries, and distilleries that have made Livermore their home. I have lived here for 30 years, and I am truly amazed at how the wine industry has flourished. Our climate, our soil, are perfect for growing grapes. Livermore is producing wines that rival, and in many cases exceed those of the more famous wine regions in California. Let me introduce today's guest, Larry Dino, owner of Cooter Ridge Winery in Livermore. Welcome, Larry. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Lynn. So uh, first things first, um, we're going to get right into the wine that you brought for us today. It looks like a 2016 Merlot from Cooter Ridge. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what it is you brought and and uh, and some of its characteristics. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what would be the best wine to bring today and uh, thought that uh, Merlot would be a, a fun one for us to taste. Um, you know, we do all the Bordeaux varietals, so... Um, uh, this Merlot is a blend. The blend of this is 90% Merlot. We got 7% Cab Sauv, mm. 3% Malbec. Um, this comes uh, 100% from Livermore Valley. Everything we do is uh, comes from Livermore Valley AVA. What constitutes a, a, a Bordeaux uh, wine? Yeah, good question. Um, so there's a couple aspects of it. There's the there's the the wine making process of it, but there's also the kind of sensory profile of the wine. You know, um, Bordeaux-style wines tend to be um, more earthy, where California, New World-style wines tend to be more fruit-forward. So we're trying to produce wines that have more of that earthiness um, characteristics, um, less fruit, um, and just, you know, well-balanced wines. Another characteristic of Bordeaux wines is they tend to be uh, lower alcohol. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) i know you didn't like to hear that (laughs) so uh we try to uh produce them of of lower alcohol now we are in uh california and livermore ava so we have to work with the terroir that we have it's a little warmer climate here Mm -hmm. than in bordeaux um but we do tend to pick our grapes earlier and uh, try to get lower sugars to produce lower alcohols so uh, i did a little research and i noticed that cooter ridge has been around for about 12 years so what's your background yeah, so we, uh, my wife and I started Cooter Ridge Wines in 2007. 
Um, my background is in software engineering, so I worked in Silicon that, Valley. And that seems to be a trend that <laughs> it really does <laughs> with uh, winemakers. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we, you know, we started by doing uh, home winemaking, um, and then um, while I was working in Silicon Valley. Um, and then we had an opportunity to rent some space over off Greenville Road here in Livermore and get it bonded as a commercial winery in uh, 2007. Um, 2008, kind of the job market kind of went south. Um, I got uh, laid off from my uh, high-tech job and we had this little winery going. So my wife said, well, you got to do something. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, let's ramp up this winery and make a go of that. So that's kind of how we got started. Wow. So we like to call it a, a hobby gone wild. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That, okay. That's, that is a great hobby gone wild. <laughs> it is. Right? Yeah. Um, why wine? Like, why? What What made you want to get into the wine business, let's say? You you started at home. Why not, why not like, beer or something? Why wine? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my wife and I, we always had a passion for wine. So, you know, we kind of, through our married lives, uh, drank a lot of wine, gone to Napa a lot. Did the winery tours with family and friends, kind of the whole wine lifestyle. So we kind of just always been into wine. And then we had this interest in uh, doing home winemaking. So we started doing that in our garage in Fremont before moving to Livermore. So Did anything good come of that? I mean, was there anything that you produced that was, was decent? So initially, uh, no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we... Uh, we're named after my car. I have a 1970 Barracuda. Wow. Wow. There we go. But <laughs> you heard that first here, everyone. <laughs> but we did uh, when we first were making wine in uh, Fremont in our garage. Uh, we made it right next to the Cuda, which was being refurbished at the time. <laughs> I so love it. my wife would always say that the wine tasted like the car, <laughs> and uh, it probably did. Old and fast. What? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, pet, pet, was, a lot of Petro, let's put it that way. It's funny that the next question I was going to ask you was, was did it have anything to do with the purple barracuda that's on your website? So well, it does. it does. Yes, it does. The way the story goes <laughs> is that uh, we were in Fremont and doing home winemaking in Fremont, and uh, we decided we wanted to move and move to a wine country somewhere. And we were actually looking at some property in uh, Windsor um, up by uh, Santa Rosa. And uh, we put an offer on the property, and uh, so then uh, we uh, go up there. The real estate agent calls us up there. We thought we were going to sign the papers, and they said, no, they're not willing to take our offer, and they're not going to counter. And I said, well, with that attitude, you can keep the property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could have called. You told me that over the phone versus me have to drive all the way up Highway 101 to tell me this. Right. So we're driving home, and um, I see this uh, Cuda on the side of the road with a for sale sign on it. <laughs> so I told my wife, uh, if I can't get that property, I'd like to get this car. So she said, over my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> so we went into the bar. I found the owner. We decided to go ahead and purchase the car. And then I spent the next uh, several years um, rebuilding the car. That's spent great. a lot of time with it. Cost a lot of money. Yep. She called it my mistress. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing those things were three, four, five grand when they were new, and and yes. how much money you have to put in them to get them back to that Boy. condition. And it's a, exactly. it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, you always hear people talk about things happen for a reason. Yeah. Right. 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 And right. Then, now you look at Cuda Ridge being named <laughs> after that car. That's pretty amazing. Right. So it kind of all kind of worked together yeah. and. 
Yeah, so our label is uh, purple, so it's uh, Plum Crazy Purple, which is the <laughs> color of the car. <laughs> um, and if you look closely at the ridge, um, it's not really a ridge. It's a subliminal drawing of the Cuda. It is. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of tied the whole car theme into the and I had no label idea and the winery. Until and... I looked at your website and I saw the Cuda. I go, okay, really? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so it's kind of subliminal for us. So uh, we tell the story when people ask. Do you ever bring the car up to the winery? Uh, occasionally. Yeah. Not, not enough, but yeah. we, we have events, car shows and stuff that we'll bring it to. But Great. Occasionally. After that story, and it didn't work out in Win- Windsor, so yeah. how did you find Livermore as the, the, the home for Cooter Ridge? Yeah, so, um, well, initially, I mean, we weren't really looking at starting a winery. This is back in 2000. So then... Uh, we found this property in, in Livermore, um, built our house there, and we planted a little vineyard um, on the property. Um, and then we also built a, a small barrel room in the garage. So mm. we kind of ramped up our home winemaking per se. Mm. That's when the wine started getting better. So yeah. it didn't taste like Petro anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the wine started getting better. We were producing wines from our home vineyard. and. And I got to know a lot of the growers and a lot of the uh, winemakers in Livermore. It seems like they're really willing to help each other. It, it, just based on the people I've talked to, it seems like it's it's a community where everybody's willing to help. It's a great, great community, and we're all kind of in it together. And, you know, um, we're all trying to help each other out. And as the wine's uh, quality improves and the number of wineries uh, increase in Livermore, that's just going to bring more people to the area. It it seems like we rival Napa now. I can't imagine what's going to go on years from now. Yeah. I I mean, quality-wise, I I would say, um, you know, for wines definitely under the $100 price point, I think we compare very nicely. um, Easily. the quality of those wines. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we're just continuing to to work along and kind of improve it. (laughs) So, um, I know, you know, you said Bordeaux is is one of your specialties. What else do you specialize in? Yeah, so... um, so we do um, we do all the Bordeaux varietals. So we do the two whites of Bordeaux, which is Simeon and Sauvignon Blanc, and then we do the five Bordeaux reds. So uh, Merlot and Cab, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Malbec, Cabernet Franc, and Petit Verdot. Our two signature varietals are really um, Cabernet Franc and Petit Verdot. That's what people kind of know us by, and kind of that's our you know our initial entry <laughs> uh, with people usually. Um, I think the reason for that is that. Um, you know, every everyone does Cab, everyone does Merlot. Uh, when we started the winery back in 2007, uh, we started with Merlot, Cab, and Cabernet Franc. And the Cabernet Franc was uh, really nice right out of the chute. Amazing. And so it was, good. And it was different. You know, it was a different varietal and it wasn't a varietal a lot of people were familiar with. So I think we started kind of getting a following on that, and it just kind of grew out of that. Absolute favorite grape for me. Mm-hmm. I just love Cab Franc. It does well in Livermore. It does really good. Yeah. Here. That's it, true. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> is, is, do you have a favorite grape that you work with? Is there one in particular? If you had to only do one, which would it be? Yeah, I would say, I would say Cabernet Franc. I yeah. would say Franc. I mean, we, I think we've kind of got it down, um, and uh, – it's, a, it's definitely a, f- a fun grape to work with, and uh, I think we make a unique style that is well-received. So, I love very heavy, very chewy, just, you know, oaky, very amazing wine. Bite. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so the first time we came to Cuda Ridge and some friends of ours brought us out there and I tasted the wine, I went, 
this this is what I've been looking for. So we joined your club that day, of course, and well, thank and you. I've been doing that ever since. <laughs> Absolutely fabulous. Love it more than uh, more than anything. Huh? It's well, my, my favorite kind of wine. <laughs> okay, so here we are talking about some really great wine, and I recently heard that you won some awards um, for at the Uncorked Wine Competition. Tell us tell us about that. Yeah, so um, in Livermore Valley here, we have a local wine competition that's uh, led by the Tri-Valley Conservancy. Um, That's the organization that, say, uh, protects the open space um, and the uh, agricultural areas here in Livermore. So they do a a wine competition every year um, with wines produced in the Livermore uh, Valley AVA. So uh, we had, uh, actually, we did pretty well at this last competition. Um, we actually got best of class for two of our wines. Um, one was the Petit Verdot, um, and that was in the category that was combined with Malbec and Merlot. So out of those three varietals, our Petit Verdot was picked as the, the best petite, uh, the best wine out of those, uh, those mm. varietals in Livermore Valley. And then the others are uh, Cabernet Sauvignon Reserve. Mm. Um, so it's the 2015 Cab. Is anybody else doing Petit Verdot in the Valley? There are. There yeah. are. Um, when we first started doing it, um, there was well less than a handful of us doing it. Um, but now um, there's quite a few wineries that are producing uh, Petit Verdot in Livermore. Um, it's we produce good. a lot of it, though. I'd say we're probably the largest producer of, of Petit Verdot in the Valley, um, maybe for the exception of Winte, but, uh, mm. um, but, yeah, a large percentage of our production is, uh, is Petit Verdot. So before we move on, I want to hear from our wine tasting expert, uh, which, Sneha, what you think of the uh, the wine that, that was brought today? Oh, man. Me, the expert. No, no. <laughs> well, um, so the Merlot, uh, the 20... Uh, yeah, 16. the 2016. 2016. Well, when we were at Cooteridge, thanks to Len and um, Barb, it, I, I tasted the Merlot and... I walked out with with half a case of it, so that's my expert <laughs> advice on, on how I feel about the Merlot. It was um, just phenomenal. Truth be told, I'm I'm more of the Cab Franc mm-hmm. person, but this Merlot just oh, it was it was phenomenal, and it doesn't disappoint. So, cheers! Oh, cheers. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. So, what's your philosophy on winemaking? Do you have a, a certain thing you're going for each time? Um, and are you able to get to that? I've heard stories about that the grapes yep. are the ones that are in control, and you're just there to sort of shepherd things along. What's your philosophy, and, and what are you going for? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's true. I mean, it starts with the grapes. I mean, you got to start with, you know, high-quality grapes to make high-quality wine. And then us winemakers are just there to uh, either move that through or to screw it up, right? <laughs> and hopefully we don't do the latter. Um, so anyway, um, you know, as I said, our, our philosophy is really to make well-balanced wines. Um, we're trying to get lots of, um, you know, earthiness out of the wines. When I say earthiness, it's, it's um, aroma characteristics and sensory characteristics of things like uh, meaty, leather, chocolate, tobacco, mm. Um, less on the fruit forward side. Um, so there's a couple ways we, we do that. Um, one is um, my philosophy is we tend to pick our grapes earlier. So um, as soon as the grapes are ripe, um, I want them off the vines. So many times I'm actually projecting when they're going to be ripe. 
and lining up the pickers based on that projection so that we can get them off right when they're ripe. And how do you know when they're ripe? Do you go out there physically and touch them, eat, taste them? How do you know? Yeah, so, um, you know, we do 100% Livermore Valley, and so we work very closely with the growers. So, yeah, when it gets to harvest time, you know, we're measuring, of course, measuring the bricks and the sugars and the acids. But, yeah, going out to the vineyards on a on a weekly basis, and then as it gets close to harvest, it's almost on a daily basis. Wow. So and it's largely done, yeah, it's largely done on taste. I mean, we want the, the chemistry to be correct, but it's really um, – you know, to get the ripeness in the grapes, I got to, you know, you got to be able to taste the fruit. Um, we want the seeds to be brown, um, the pulp to start to separate from the seeds. Um, so if, if they're not ripe, then you're going to get a vegetative greenness in the grape. So there is a, a good balance there. So, so I'm, I'm guessing there's a real fine line there between the green and, and the just ripe. There is. And that's one of the risks associated with picking on the earlier side is you could risk picking them too early and then get vegetative greenness in the Do you get a bit of a mix when you pick? I mean, occasionally, you know, some of the plants may be a little bit behind or whatever. Do some of them come in a little early? And do they change the flavor of the of the yeah. grape? Um, you know, not a lot with the vineyards that we source from because mm-hmm. we're sourcing from very high-end vineyards in the valley. Um, that can happen in, in, in vineyards that aren't, uh, um, aren't farmed for, you know, for quality. But, you know, I mean, there's things we do through the, 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 uh, the growing season to try to reduce that. So one of the things is dropping fruit. So as the fruit goes through verasion, which means when it's just turning from green to purple, um, the fruit that's lagging behind will drop it. Gotcha. Um, so that we get uniformity in the grapes. Hmm. Um, of course, yes, there is some of what you said, but it's really minimized. Um, once the fruit comes into the winery, um, we're also doing sorting. So okay. everything's dumped on a sorting table, and we have people that sort the clusters. So if there are any green clusters um, or clusters we don't like, we'll right. pull those out before they go through the distemmer. Right. And, and here I thought I was just enjoying some really good wine. Wow, look at the science yeah. behind this is great science. See, you, you, yeah, you see the, the images you put in the in the bin, you stomp right. on it, and there's a wine. That's <laughs> it. That's all. Just like Lucy. <laughs> right. That's right. And so by picking early, you get more earthiness, less alcohol. Yep. And, yeah, and lower the, sugars, lower which sugar. is the, the lower alcohol. But then also they're less fruit forward. Um, right. You know, if you let them hang longer, um, you know, they get – they get more and more ripe the longer that they hang. Sure. Um, so then you get more fruit. So because of the style we're trying to make, we're trying to actually reduce that fruit to bring up the, bring out the other characteristics of the, the varietal. I have two words for you. Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite type of wine. <laughs> okay. You know, you're mentioning all the types of flavors you're trying to bring out. I have, you know, I, I've always ask by the way question. everyone that's the sound of wine being poured into a glass in case you're uh, in case you're wondering what a surprise <laughs> um you know we're, we're sitting here talking about all these flavors i have to ask what do you think uh, this bottle of merlot that we're sipping on right now would go with like what what pairs well and i i know it sounds like such a you know <laughs> novice question but trust me i'd like to eat some really good food but more than that i like to enjoy wine and have food pair with it so <laughs> what do I pair it with you know one of the ideal pairings with uh with merlot and and with this merlot which has a lot of uh, earthy characteristics to it is lamb it goes really good mm. with lamb really so lamb chops any kind of 
kind of lamb that dish. sounds lovely yeah you know not a lot not nothing with a lot of gravy i would say you know just stick with lamb seasoned lamb and you can't go wrong hmm. See, aren't you glad i asked <laughs> i am D- dinner at larry's house tomorrow night <laughs> uh, t- talk briefly about uh, about cooter ridge about the experience uh here in livermore um somebody maybe coming to livermore for the first time mm-hmm. um you know uh tell us what they'll find if they go visit cooter ridge yeah Thanks for asking. So yeah, it's um, you know we're a small family-owned um, winery. Uh, we produce about 2,500 cases a year. Um, if you come to the winery, um, you know we're in a country setting, so um, we're in a barn. It's a, a nice barn, <laughs> the vineyard out front, and you know nice views of the Livermore Valley, the vineyards, and the hillsides. Um, we have a nice outdoor patio, nice indoor seating area. Um, and frequently, you know, I'm in the winery or my wife or my son, you know, um, you'll frequently see a friend, family, friends in the winery. It's a very, we think we're very low key and uh, very down to earth. So, uh, um, but, you know, you'll taste great wines and have a good wine experience. So I don't think I've ever been there when you're not there. I mean, you just seem to always be there. Yeah, more, more <laughs> than I like sometimes, but yes. <laughs> what part of this business do you, do you like best? You know, I, I yeah, I think there's a couple aspects of it. I mean, I think it's really, at the end of the day, sharing the wines. And, uh, you know, we like to do uh, wine food pairings, working with restaurants on that, doing wine food pairings at the uh, at the winery. So really, you know, showcasing the wines and showcasing the wine experience, I think, is what, you know, gets us most excited about what we do. And you seem to do some, like, vertical tastings a couple times a year as well, which is also very interesting to, to try something the same varietal, but you know, eight years old and six years old and four years old or whatever. And it, uh, we, that's the mm-hmm. first time we came out there. I think we, that's exactly what we did. And it was like, wow, this is amazing. You can really taste the difference. Same v- winery, yep. but really different. Yeah. And we just did, uh, we do about our, our verticals um, about once per quarter. And mm. we just did a Cabernet Sauvignon vertical last weekend. So it was a 2010 through 2014 vintage. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the best way to learn about wine. Um, you know, you can talk about wine as much as you want and what the characteristics are in wine. Um, but when you're really tasting um, the vintages side by side and, you know, we're producing them the similar way, the same vineyard, similar barrel programs, etc. But you can really taste the nuances from year to year. That's kind of the aha moment to where you say, oh, now I see what earthiness is. Now I see what fruitiness is. How would you, um, you know, just off of this, a, a brand new person trying to, you know, develop their taste for wine and they come to Cooter Ridge, how would you help them learn or embark on this journey of what is the most delicious drink ever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really just exposing them to different wines and uh you know, just give them a little background on, uh, you know, where the wines come from and, you know, what to expect from the different uh, uh, varietals and vintages of the wine. Um, but uh, what, Do you have a favorite type of oak that you use? Uh, American oak, French oak, new oak, old oak. There's so many different kinds. Right. And something I had learned a few years ago was that they, 
take those the same wine, put some in new oak, yeah. put some in French oak, put some in old oak or whatever. And, you know, so if you barrel taste, for example, you get to mm-hmm. taste, them, oh, that's really good. But then they combine all that together and blend it into one bottling, and it changes changes dramatically. Yeah. So what is there a certain type of oak you like to use, or do you mix it up like that and then blend it together? Yeah, so we use, um, at the winery, we use um, American oak and French oak. However, um, the American oak, um, we stick with the bolder varietals. So our Malbec, our Petit Verdot, our Black Label Cab, which is oh. our California-style cab. <laughs> That's the best. Raising, raising his <laughs> That's hand. the best. So those we do in American oak. And then the wines that we want... Um, you know softer style i don't know if that's exactly the right word but a little more finesse less tannin we'll use french oak so the uh, cabernet franc our bordeaux cab our merlot use french oak um we use about 40 percent new oak okay so to, to answer your question um you know let's say we make 10 barrels of uh, Merlot, let's say. Right. Um, to get 40% new oak, um, that would mean we put like four of the barrels in new oak. We might put four in once used, a couple in neutral. Once you blend those, then 40% of the oak in that blend is new. Okay. So we try to, you know, that's our kind of rule of thumb is 40%. Um, as I said earlier, we're trying to make balanced wines. So um, we don't want the wines to be over oaky. Mm-hmm. Um, one traditional characteristic of new world style wines is that they're you know really oaky bold oak wines um you know your silver oaks your rombauers there's a lot of oak in those that's not what we're doing i happen to like that but yeah so you know before before we um say our goodbyes because trust me it makes me really sad (laughs) but but before we do that i i do larry want to talk to you about the petite Rodeau that I'm staring at. My my glass is empty right now. Um, oh no! <laughs> it's because you guys drank all that Merlot. It was I so know. good. Um, but okay, so tell me a little bit more about this Petit Rodeau. It's a 2016. I'm looking at. Um, tell me more about it, and then again, what you think that would taste really well with, or pair really well with? Yeah. So yeah, our Petit Verdot, It's um 100% Petit Verdot. We do it in American oak. You know, it's a bold varietal. It's got. Uh, you know, um, good structure to it. It's got uh, dark fruit, blueberry, blackberry, um, just a really balanced wine. Um, you know, Petit Verdot is one of these varietals that uh, does phenomenal in Livermore Valley. Um, I just wish it would get more, you know, recognition. Um, but um, it's, um, as far as pairings go, you know, uh, we love to pair it with chocolate. Ooh, yes. <laughs> so dark chocolate. Um, it also goes good with uh, barbecue, a barbecue tri-tip, mm. um, and then really bold cheeses. So um, my favorite 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 pairing is with a good um, blue cheese. Ooh. So, yeah. I thought you were going to say Parmigiano-Reggiano. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm already picturing it. A delicious, like a fun barbecue on a really nice day. Some tri-tips while I eat my chocolate and those cheese. The Petit Rodeau works perfect. How about a, hamber- a hamburger with uh, blue cheese? Beautiful. Ooh, that Beautiful. sounds even better. You know, I, all I hear is um, the amount of people that are going to be at Cooter Ridge and how... You you must just absolutely hate working with people, right? Like that's, it must it must you must hate it. <laughs> no, I mean we've got some we've met some of the best people and lots of good friends and stuff through the winery. We love uh, you know visiting with people and meeting new people and 
That's what it's all You've about. You've always made us feel very welcome out there. Well, thank you. I Trust do appreciate me, it. Absolutely. The I think we were there around Christmas time mm-hmm. and that's that's when I walked out with half the case of that Merlot. <laughs> um, it was it was a great time. Um, very you know my experience at this at this vineyard was very cozy. I walked in. I was it was just you know a great time all together. So I, it was it was wonderful. And, and your wife is delightful as well, by the way. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> we call her the wine boss. <laughs> I would just I, like TV? to reiterate to everyone to. Please go and try the 2016 Merlot from Cooter Ridge. It's been fantastic. Thank you for bringing it today. Thank you. So, Larry, uh, it's been a delight having you with us today. And uh, thanks for taking the time out to talk to us about wine. And I'd like to thank our listeners uh, for tuning in today. Uh, I'd urge all of you to visit Cooter Ridge at 2400 Arroyo Road in Livermore. They're open from noon till 430 on Friday through Sunday. Their normal tasting fee is $15. But if you mention Wine Wednesday podcast, you'll get one tasting free. Well, until next time, remember, it may not always be Wednesday, but it's always a good day for wine. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Great.